Would you grab them? Place them over your heart. And let's say this. This is my Bible. God's written living word to me. Open my eyes, Lord, that I might behold wonderful things from your law. Amen. Well, I am really excited to be here this morning. Um, This is a real honor for me to be able to be here with you guys this morning. And so I just want to thank Pastor Jeff and Pastor Nina for believing in me and for giving me this opportunity. I love this message on forgiveness. I love it because it has brought me so much freedom over the last couple of years. And with this freedom, I have been able to start fully stepping into my destiny and receiving all of God's promises that he has for my life. And three years ago, if you would have told me that I would be standing up here preaching, I I would have laughed in your face (laughs) because people scared me big time. Somewhere along the line of broken relationship after broken relationship in my life, I made a decision to completely close my heart up and to quit being vulnerable with everybody because the risk was just too great. I had been hurt by a lot of people and hurt very deeply. And I was broken. And I was full of unforgiveness because I chose to carry all that pain with me. And because of that, I feared relationships with everybody. And I really had no idea how much bondage that was creating in my life. Because for me, it just became normal. That just was who I was. That was my normal life. Two and a half years ago, God called our family out of the church that we were attending, Resurrection Fellowship in Loveland, and brought us here to Genesis. And honestly, we had no intention of leaving Res. Nothing bad had happened. We were really enjoying being a part of what God was doing there. We were really coming here as a favor to some friends. Um, Andy Martin was starting up the worship team, and Chad was going to come and play the guitar, and it really was just a favor to help Andy out. But the first Sunday we came here, something happened inside of us, and we just knew. We knew that we knew that God was calling us to come here. And even in the car on the way home, we were both like, after church, we were like, whoa, what just happened? You know, what's happening? God began to show us that he had put something on the inside of us that he wanted to draw out. There was a calling that he had put on our lives, and it was time for us to step into our destiny. But there was major work that needed to be done in my heart before I could move forward. And so God brought me Nina. And Nina began to mentor me. And it was through that relationship that I finally found a safe place where I could be open and where I could be vulnerable again. And it was through God's incredible love and grace and gentleness that I repented for the unforgiveness that I had been holding on to for so long. And I began the healing process in my life, and I began receiving from God again. 
And it was at times incredibly painful and very difficult, but it was so worth every tear that I cried, every moment of pain, because it freed me from captivity that I had been held in for such a long time. And there are still times when I get hurt and when I get offended. My natural instinct is to want to close up my heart and hide. And so I'm learning that I have to fight to keep this freedom in my life. And I'm learning that I have to be intentional about keeping my heart open. So why do I share all this with you this morning? I believe that so many of you can relate to my story. You too have been wounded. You've been hurt. And so you've closed your heart up for fear of further rejection and pain. And here's what I believe that God wants to say to all of us this morning. We are called into a great destiny. God has a plan for each and every one of us and a purpose for each and every one of our lives that can only be fulfilled through his love and through his grace. And you know what? It's unique to every single person. No one else can do what God has put you here to do. God has put something special on the inside of all of us and he wants to draw it out. He has put wonderful and beautiful gifts and talents and ideas on the inside of all of us just waiting to come out. But so many of us are held back. Why? I believe part of it is because we are tied up in so much bondage of unforgiveness. And what I mean by bondage is this. Bondage is the state of being a slave. So we hold on to pain and offense from the past, from people who hurt us and who betrayed us and offended us. We hold on to it and we close it up in our hearts and it becomes bondage. We literally become slaves to the unforgiveness in our hearts. And as it sits there, it becomes like, decay in our heart and it eats up everything else around it so a life once full of joy and love and peace becomes a life filled with anger and bitterness and resentment many experience broken relationships that was me health problems financial problems it affects every area of our lives Holding unforgiveness changes us from the inside out. It consumes our thoughts because it's all that we can think about. We relive the offense over and over and over again in our minds, thinking about what we should have said, what we should have done, right? Man, if only I would have said that, that would have shut him up, right? I want to look at a passage of scripture, and we hear this scripture quite a bit, but I love this scripture, and it's John 10.10. If you have your Bibles, would you turn there with me? 
John 10.10. This is Jesus talking. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I love the message translation. It says this, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better than they ever dreamed of. I love that. More and better. Question. Is your life more and better than you ever dreamed it would be? Are you walking in the more and better abundance and say, your finances, your health, your relationships? What about your spiritual gifts? I'm big into dreaming, and I love dreaming big because I figure I serve a big God, and he can do big things. He is the God of the impossible. And Jesus said he wants to give me a life that's even better than that. Um, yes, please. Yeah. Sign me up. Anybody else? Yeah. Well, then as the body of Christ, we have to honestly face this issue of unforgiveness in our lives. Why? How is holding unforgiveness keeping us from walking in the abundant life that Jesus came to give us? Well, let's first take a look at what unforgiveness is. <clears throat> Simply stated, unforgiveness is a grudge against someone who has offended you. It can be a small offense. It can be a big offense. The size of the offense really does not matter because the effects of holding on to it will be the same in your life. So let's walk through what happens when we get offended. Let's say somebody says something that's hurtful and we're offended. What happens? Our feelings get hurt. We get mad. We get defensive. And then we go home and we relive it over and over and over again in our minds, right? Jesus said in Matthew eighteen fifteen, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. But we don't usually do that, right? We go tell other people. Because we want their opinion. And what we really want is for them to join our side. Right. And so then they start feeding into it, and then we get more mad, and we get more hurt, and our imagination takes over, and we start making assumptions about what the other person must be thinking. And the longer this goes on, unresolved, the bigger it becomes, and it's a huge mess. And here's what happens. When we choose to hold on to that offense, instead of releasing it and forgiving the other person, it becomes unforgiveness in our hearts. And unforgiveness is like quicksand. You get stuck in your thoughts, and then it begins to pull you down deeper and deeper and deeper. And all the emotions come in and take over, and there's anger, and then come in bitterness and resentment. And the longer they live in our hearts, the deeper we go. Until pretty soon, it's all we can see. And it becomes like this filter over our eyes and over our ears. So now then, anything anybody else says or does is filtered through that pain, filtered through that bitterness and resentment. And as it continues to live in our hearts, it does massive damage in our lives. 
Unforgiveness is incredibly destructive because it comes from the enemy who comes to kill and steal and destroy. And given the opportunity, he will destroy everything in our lives. He will make sure that we are not walking in our abundant life that Jesus came and gave his life to give us. He will do everything he can to keep us from fulfilling the call that God has placed on our lives and from receiving the promises of God because ultimately that affects how the power of God works through us, which affects the world around us. So what do we do with this? What do we do with the offense and the very real pain that we can carry from it? We have a choice that we can make. Paul says it this way in Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. That phrase, put on, indicates an action. So just like we choose which clothes we're going to put on in the morning, these are things that we can choose to put on every single day in our life. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not about how we feel. And it's not even about the other person, right? Forgiving someone is not saying what they did or what they said is okay. But it is releasing the offense and the responsibility of that offense to God. Margaret Stunt puts it this way, quote, Unforgiveness is like drinking a vial of poison and expecting the other person to die. So choosing to forgive, it's about us. It's about what's going on in our hearts. And for a Christian, it's about living what we believe. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for all sins. So the sins against us from another person, it's covered. So you may be thinking right now, you know what? You don't know what these people did to me. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know the pain that I live in every single day because of what that person did to me. And you know what? You're right. I don't. But Jesus does. And when he was hanging on the cross, he saw it. And he took it. And he paid the price for that sin. And he became the forgiveness for that sin. The title of my message is Radical Forgiveness, and here's why. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 8. Finally all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. 
Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Romans 12.14 says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Like, what, God? (laughs) You're saying not only do I need to forgive them, but you want me to bless them too? Yep. And not only that, but I believe this is how we forgive. So here is my question. God, how do I forgive somebody who has hurt me so deeply and has caused so much pain in my life? Because even as much as I want to forgive them, because I know it's the right thing to do, I can't. I don't know how to do that. And so here's what God showed me. When there's someone who offends and hurts me, instead of repeating the offense over and over again in my mind and with my mouth and dragging myself further and further into a pit, I open my mouth and I speak blessing over them. And I'm going to tell you truthfully, It doesn't come out of a place necessarily of wanting to do that. I don't feel like blessing them. But I do it anyway. Here's a relevant example. Facebook. Okay, so there's a person on Facebook who offended me in the past. And while we're not necessarily friends on Facebook, we're friends of friends. We have mutual friends on Facebook. And so their name popped up every once in a while when they would comment on somebody's feed. And every single time I saw their name, I immediately went back into that place of just that, you know, that feeling you get that, ooh. And I remembered the offense, and it would come back, and it would take over my mind again. And I would get mad, and I would feel that anger, and that pain would come back up again. And so one day, God got a hold of me, and he said, hey, instead of traveling down that road to death again, let's do something different. I was like, okay. And so here's what I started doing. When I would see their name pop up, I would say out loud, I choose to forgive you. And I bless you. And I pray for them. God, I pray that you would bless them. I declare blessing in their health. I declare blessing in their finances. I declare blessing in their relationship. I pray, God, that they would have an encounter with you that would change and transform them. And you know what? As I've done that, my heart has changed. And now when their name pops up, instead of feeling anger and bitterness and pain, there's peace and love and there's a genuine desire to see them walking in the blessings of God. And you know what? They never apologized to me. But they didn't have to. You know, there's a ton of scripture on our mouths and the effects of our mouth and what we choose to speak. And we don't have time for all of that this morning. But in Proverbs, it says that we hold the power of life and death in our tongues. That's pretty incredible power. 
Life and death. Every word we speak, we can choose to speak life or we can choose to speak death. And I think that's something that we very much take for granted every single day. And I believe that not only can we choose to speak life or death out, we can choose to speak life or death in. In us, in our hearts, and in our minds. So here's the point. People are people. And people can be flat out nasty and mean And they can do and say hurtful things. Even church people, even Christians, come on. Sometimes we're the worst, aren't we? So what's our choice? We can hide. Never stepping out. Never stepping into what God has called us to do. Because God's plan involves people. Right? It involves us loving people, all kinds of people. And so if we want to step into our destiny and do what God has called us to do, we can't hide from people. So instead of hiding, we can choose to release the offenses of the past so that we can move into the promises of our future. And going forward, we can make a decision to walk in love and humility, forgiving one another, blessing one another, speaking life out and speaking life in, freeing up our hearts from the bondage of unforgiveness so that we can be filled with God's love to pour out instead. That's a revolution. That is a revival just waiting to happen. A revival that this world has never seen before. The body of Christ completely free, walking in our destiny, loving and forgiving each other the way that Jesus loves and forgives us. Think about the impact that has. The impact that would have on our community and the world. That is world-changing love. So let me ask you, are you holding on to past hurts, past offenses? Is there someone that hurt you, that offended you, that you need to release and you need to forgive? Maybe it's me. Maybe it's another pastor here or another person in the church. Parents, your kids, maybe it's a spouse, an ex-spouse. Maybe it's the person who cut you off this morning when you were driving to church. Is it worth it? Is it worth the cost of not stepping into your destiny, fulfilling the call that God has placed on your life, and receiving all of his promises? Is it worth it? I don't know about you, 
But I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. I want Him. I want all of Him. I want the fullness of God's love in me. I want to go deeper in Him. I want to go deeper into His presence and in His love. And I want my heart to be freed from bondage so that I can live and move and operate fully out of His love. I want to be a world changer. And I want people to look at me and see Jesus because I want them to fall in love with him too. So the cost of holding unforgiveness is great. Not only to us, but also to the world. By us refusing to walk in forgiveness... Could we be blocking the world from seeing Jesus in us? Listen to this quote from John Bevere. It doesn't matter how up-to-date you are in new revelations from the many seminars and Bible schools you've attended, or how many books you've read, or even how many hours you pray and study. If you are offended and in unforgiveness and refuse to repent of this sin, You have not come to the knowledge of the truth. You are deceived, and you confuse others with your hypocritical lifestyle. No matter what the revelation, your fruit tells a different story. You'll become a spring spewing out bitter waters that bring deception and not truth. Is it worth it? I believe the cost of holding unforgiveness is far too great. And I believe the freedom that comes from releasing and forgiving each other is worth so much more than our need and our desire to be right and to feel vindicated. And I fully believe that God wants to free us up so that we can be the people he created us to be, to live in his love and to operate out of his love, showing the world who Jesus really is. Stepping into our destiny with free and open hearts makes room for the kingdom of God to work through us. Touching the lives with the love of Jesus. How we live our lives is a testimony of who Jesus is to this world. They are not going to listen to a word we say unless we ourselves are living it. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. I've intentionally kept this short because I believe that there's a ministry that the Holy Spirit wants to do on our hearts this morning. And we're going to move into a time of communion. And I want to encourage you, take this time, truthfully examine your hearts. And if there's unforgiveness in there, let's take the opportunity this morning to release it and begin your healing process. Don't leave here this morning stuck in that bondage anymore. It is not from God. And He has something so much better, 
more and better than you ever dreamed it would be. So take your time. We're going to spend some more time in worship. If you would like to come up to the altar, you can. If you want to move to the back, to the aisles, if you want to stay in your seat, this is the time for us to get before our Father and open our heart up to Him and say, God, help me.